welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and I feel the need to first paint a little picture of what is going on right now in the places you can't see because clearly you're listening to a podcast, but right now I'm sitting here recording and I have a little anthropology candle burning, uh, volcano scent of course, like the most iconic anthropology scent, and it's raining, like a soft rain right now, just like super overcast today. I have this like thick moisturizer on my face. I just took like the hottest shower. I feel just so in my element right now, ready to podcast for you guys. The one thing that isn't perfect is my desk, which is a disaster, but I feel like it's kind of a visual representation of my mind right now because my mind is a scattered mess right now. I have so much going on in there. And I feel like, so I was actually doing this little project for um, a freelance client of mine yesterday, which she's a poet and she wants me to write out her poetry in my handwriting, which is really flattering and very cool. And I love working with other creatives in different fields. It's so fun. So I was doing that for her and her little poem was about, I don't want to call it a little poem. It was a very beautiful, stunning poem. Um, It was about just finding beauty in the mess. And so I've been thinking about it ever since, just how so many elements of my life dated day are an actual disaster and instead of being insecure about that I should find some beauty in it so anyway my desk is a mess and I'm kind of justifying not cleaning it because you know guys there is beauty in the mess (laughs) just kidding I really need to clean it I really need to get my life together I have all these different you know, skincare products just like littered all over my desk. And I have little, you know, note sheets from like weeks ago that are just no longer relevant. I just, I have a problem parting with things. I feel like I just bring things along with me from all phases of life and I just can't rid myself of things. And the same goes for just memories I have, stories I tell. I feel like I can't, I, I, it's very hard for me to cut out certain parts of my life and forget things and unlearn things. It's very difficult for me. And I'm sure you guys can gather this part of my my uh, just being from listening to me every week or however, however often you tune in. Um, but yeah, today's episode is not honestly not really about that. I That was a very interesting segue I'm just now making. But so I wanted to talk a little bit before I get into the episode um, in bulk about the Patreon before I forget because... I did update you guys last week on the Patreon and just the progress with that. So I want to just one more time tell you guys that the Patreon is doing extremely well in terms of I am almost like I'm home stretch. I have one day until launch day, which is tomorrow. So we're launching the pod, the podcast, the Patreon, another P word that I have to keep up with um, the Patreon tomorrow, which is so exciting. I actually did something this past week that really, if you guys know me, shows a lot of growth <laughs> internally. Um, I brought on another designer to help me. So you guys definitely know just based on listening to last week's episode and just or honestly probably like every episode I've ever put out that I'm really bad at asking for help. I'm really bad at knowing when something is too much for me to handle and I need to surrender in a way and you know put my pride down and bring on someone that can help me. And so recently I came to the conclusion I actually it honestly took a little pushing from a friend of mine who, a previous lover slash friend, that's a whole episode in itself, kind of, you know, is giving me career advice or just, just kind of professional advice, I guess. He's really good at this stuff and was like, Katie, you know, this is great what you're doing, et cetera. But, you know, I think that you need to delegate a bit better and not be just staying up all night into all hours of the night working on client work. You, You need to 
just figure out a way to live a bit better (laughs) and have someone just take the, the load off of you and just you know you can definitely share the load like don't feel like you're surrendering all of your just your power but you need to have someone else step in so of course I it took some thinking it took some pondering I actually didn't even really put out a a casting call so to speak on my Instagram or anything I didn't really put out and say hey guys DM me you know if you're a designer blah 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 Uh, because the Patreon's super design based and it's going to be very creative and I need people that kind of think like me in the way of just visually thinking I guess and this girl it just kind of was like very strange fate um she actually came to my talk I did this talk in South Carolina I think I talked about on the podcast where I basically just talked to college students about how I got where I am right now and just what I wish I knew when I was sitting in their shoes or sitting in their seats I guess and she was actually one of the people that came to hear me speak in South Carolina and she is a senior in college right now which as you all know or if you are a senior you know the stress that is currently being placed on seniors uh, just not really knowing what the world is going to look like by the time graduation rolls around which honestly a lot of their graduations are even canceled or postponed and just a lot of uncertainty and fear and so it was kind of a blessing I think for both of us that she ultimately dm'd me and then emailed me her portfolio and her work and I was honestly blown away. Like I I receive a lot of portfolios and a lot of work. Just people, you know, find my email from my Instagram and send me things. And I do a lot of critiquing of people's work, which of course I'm not an expert by any means, but I still feel like I I know a thing or two just from failing a time and time again. But she sent me her portfolio and I was just blown away. And so we got into talks about, you know, just how she could help me. And she was the one who actually proposed that she does some work for my Patreon and helps me essentially put out more and more often. I really, my goal is to put out content every single week because of course people are paying money to see this content. I don't want to just put out one drop a month. I feel like that's not worth it. So even though my prices are super low, it's like one to $5 a month, but still. So she's going to help me basically have enough in my repertoire, have enough content to put out content every week and I'm paying her hourly so it's kind of a win-win she gets to polish up her skills get my my criticism when it's necessary honestly so far the work she's created I have been very speechless about it I don't know what to say other than I'm just obsessed so anyway that's kind of where the patreon has evolved I'm going to eventually bring on more contributors so if this is something that sounds interesting to you and you're like wait a second wow I think I could really contribute And I want it to be more than just design-based. I I do want it all to live in the creative realm. So maybe I'll bring on some people that can help me just posting just some more like, I don't know, I was thinking this morning, I was reading a lot of poetry as I'll get into in this episode. Um, And I just thought it'd be so cool to have just post every once in a while about a poetic thought and have people really dive into that and just sink their teeth into it. Because I think there you know you can be really inspired by imagery and by creative stuff like in in the the digital just look at this realm but also I think there's something so important about thinking about something and not just seeing it but really processing it and thinking about it because for me sometimes I read poetry and just really flowery things you know paragraphs or just any sort of work that takes a lot of just you need to really look at this and read this and not have any distractions, which is really hard for me because I'm constantly distracted, I feel like. But just reading these things, especially the poetry that I'm going to get into in this episode, I often 
sometimes I'm just like, okay, I can't. I just can't do this. I can't think about this. I have no freaking clue what this means and I don't care and I'm stubborn about it. But once you actually take the time to sit and read something and process it and apply it to your own life, this sounds cliche and like (laughs) preachy, but it's really life-shattering, life-changing, life-altering, all the things. So... Anyway, yeah, Patreon is launching tomorrow. I'm very excited. I just did a little video introduction, whoa, Uh, just kind of, of course, introducing the the Patreon and like why I'm doing it, what goes into it, etc. And that's launching tomorrow as well. I'm just like, I have all this stuff that's kind of scheduled on there to go live. And I just, every time I put something up there, I just cross it off on the list and I get so excited. Like I said in the last episode, it's really hard and different for me to put out something that isn't instant in the sense that I make it, I put it out right away. Like it honestly killed me a little bit to finish the video, the intro video yesterday and not set it live. Like I really wanted to set it live, but it's going to be okay. Like I even thought today I should post, maybe I'll post it on my Instagram today as a teaser. And I'm like, no, I need to post it tomorrow when the plan was to post it. I need to relax. I need to trust the timing of things, you know, which I'm really bad at doing. So yeah, Patreon is rerun and ready to go. I'm very excited about that. That's definitely been my biggest project as of late. Although of course, as I've been working on that and really putting all my all into that, I have all of these other clients just kind of coming out of the woodworks and they're all really, not to say any client is not exciting, but they're especially exciting clients that are really just, I'm like, wait, me? Like you want me to help you with this? (laughs) Like spoiler alert, there's another podcaster who you've definitely heard of if you are in just interested in beauty, lifestyle, just the influencer space on Instagram, YouTube, all that. You've definitely heard of her. She's having me do her artwork for her podcast. And I am just like in shock that she would think of me for this. Um, of course, imposter syndrome, back at it again. You know, very loud and proud right now because of course I am capable, but I always just think that I'm less capable than I am. So that's in the works. I'm also working with this author who I don't want to tell too many details about what she's writing or what she has written but she wants me to help her with her the artwork for her cover and some artwork or symbolism symbols to go within the book as well Um, so that's very cool a lot of cool stuff honestly and then this hair care brand wants me to shoot some social imagery at home um, which I need to use my sister for a model and she does not know it yet so that's going to be an interesting conversation (laughs) I'm gonna have to catch her on a good day. Okay, so anyway, those are kind of just my projects and what I've been dealing with. I know some of you guys probably don't care at all. Some of you guys are like, okay, this is really cool. Tell me more. Um, I've been trying to like slowly infuse more freelance discussion in my work because I feel like it's something that you guys, you know, most of the time are interested in. So yeah, it's kind of like a little life update for me. So while I've been working on Patreon, all of these cool clients have been coming to me and I have just been busy with the work, of course, but also busy just kind of doing some thinking and just some backtracking into the early stages of how I got here. And I feel like every time I stop and think about this, a new story kind of unearths itself in my mind and I recall something that I didn't previously think about or I totally forgot about like there's so much of our lives so many little moments that makes me mean so much to us when they're happening that are so important as they're unfolding but years after we completely forget these little details like there's definitely some interactions that I had in high school or certain exams that I did really well on or projects that I was really proud of 
I don't remember any of those things now. Like, I don't recall any of that. There's definitely so many little things that I thought were going to be so important. Some outfits I wore probably that I thought were going to be remembered forever, like in my mind and completely nada, nothing left to show for them in my mind. Isn't that so crazy? I'm sure you guys can think of things in your mind or you probably can't think of them because they're long gone, but just consider it that there are so many things that ultimately that happened and ultimately got you to where you are sitting here right now, but you don't remember those things really unless you are forced to remember them slash someone brings them into your mind, someone remembers them for you almost and reminds you. But for many of us, it just kind of takes a lot of just random daydreaming and just kind of thinking about, hmm, I wonder why I do this. And I was thinking about it the other day when I was in Photoshop doing some work. And I guess, you know, so my my relationship with Photoshop or the way that I use Photoshop and other Adobe programs is super interesting because I'm, I'm extremely self-taught. And it's pretty obvious when it comes down to, honestly, me giving advice to people on how to use it or different things that I do. And people are like, wow, I never thought to do it that way. Or Katie, you are doing this way, just the wrong way. It's taking you 10 times longer to do something. And I learned that part of that. I kind of do things differently when I was at L'Oreal working with other creative people. And they're like, I don't do it that way at all. Like, how did you learn that? And I had to think back to the fact that I learned Photoshop. I, I taught myself back in, I guess it was high school so early high school and I learned a few things from this girl that I worked with on the school newspaper because I was on the school newspaper in high school from freshman year to senior year and it was freshman year you had to take journalism first as a prerequisite prerequisite whoa uh, to get into the newspaper class because newspaper you had to apply for it and you had to have the prereq and I somehow I guess in middle school stood out as a good writer or something and one of my teachers from middle school recommended me to the newspaper teacher in high school I don't know how it happened but it did apparently and I got to take journalism and do newspaper in tandem. So I took them both at the same time. So I was the youngest person on newspaper freshman year. And then I went on to being the editor-in-chief senior year. So, I mean, that just goes to show someone believes in you. It really does get you far. And all the extra work I was doing in middle school, just kind of proving myself while everyone else was popular and having boyfriends and everything. I guess it kind of paid off. Anyway, so I was freshman a freshman in newspaper and I was kind of under the photographer, photography editor, her wing. And she taught me a few little things in Photoshop. And I was one of those people that, well, I still am, as I said in the beginning of the episode, I'm really bad at asking for help. So there was a few things where she would ask me to do, do something for her. Like I was her assistant and I wouldn't know how to do it. So I would teach myself and I would Google it excessively and you know YouTube wasn't as evolved as it is now so there wasn't a ton out there like just visual tutorials so I had to do a lot of those like web tutorials where it would show you like just in text breakdowns how to do things and I was slowly teaching myself Photoshop as a freshman in high school which so I would eventually have a class where we learned Photoshop but this wasn't until senior year of high school and that was an elective so it wasn't even something I had to take so not everyone of course learned Photoshop and it was something I was learning in high school which I'm happy I did because you know of course I built upon it now I do it for a living but I was just thinking the other day about it like there's just so many little things about how I I learned design it really came from me 
just I don't know it was more just like I guess I wanted to prove myself in the moment of it but I also just I really wanted to be good at something and I wasn't good at a lot of things back then so you know my my entrance into newspaper and I was in newspaper and I think a lot of it was the culture of those kids because so in high school you have you have the theater kids right you have the sports kids you have just the the kids that are popular and you don't know why they are they don't do anything but they're popular they have nice houses I don't know and then you have the literary kids sometimes the theater and the literary kids overlap but sometimes they're just on their own kind of just floating there and I was I guess one of those kids or I guess trying to be one of those kids I was really invested in trying to fit in somewhere just fit in wherever it made sense and so I was doing all these little things that of course I now am just kind of oddly unearthing for whatever reason during this extended period of being home again it just it's unearthing some things in me and I'll occasionally go out for a drive that's like our our the peak of my social experiences lately and I'll just drive past the high school and just all of this will just come rushing back in my mind so I was doing a lot of thinking about just in our lives how there's all these little things that we kind of suppress not always because they were bad just little things that we do that we don't even think twice about now which for me it's just a a design program that I just so desperately wanted to know because I wanted to fit in in high school somewhere because I wasn't fitting in with the sports kids I wasn't fitting in with the popular kids I was just trying to fit in somewhere and you know I was surrounded by these these girls that were kind of the beginning of just now I see them I'm like friends with them on Facebook still and they're they're all extremely passionate about either the feminist movement of course or they kind of fit the stereotype which isn't a bad thing I think it was great being involved with these these kids that were so passionate about things. I think it really made me be passionate about things. And these now women are out there. There's a couple that are in politics. There's some, some of the guys are either lawyers or just like all sorts of things. Still, some of them are writers. It's so interesting to see where everyone ended up. And honestly, they could make a freaking like Netflix or Hulu show about the culture of our newspaper team because we it was there was drama there was excitement there was pushback from the school on certain issues we put out we talked about sex we talked about just all sorts of things we were slowly kind of evolving to talk about things kids actually really needed to hear or think about and the the school did not like it like we had our poor like leader or what which she was like a teacher I guess but she was also our advisor that's it our advisor had to go down to the principal's office so many times to fight for us. We had to go ourselves and fight for our stories, and it was just crazy. It was crazy. I was doing some thinking about it the other day, about just how it was. I, I said I was editor-in-chief by senior year, and I was so invested in this in this club that was a class, but kind of a club. It was just something that was my life <laughs> for four years, and I rarely think about it now. It's just so crazy to me. We had this room, so it was taught in a classroom, of course, because it was technically a class, although we kind of broke off and did our own thing. And of course, editor-in-chief, myself or whoever was before me, there was a few before me, of course, because I started as a freshman, would lead the class. And we'd have these classes where it would just be brainstorming or pitching, and we'd have to pitch our articles. And it was kind of my first, when I wasn't an editor-in-chief, of course, and I was pitching full-fledged articles to older kids, it was kind of my first dose of like, 
of getting rejected with things that you are so passionate about just having someone flat out say Katie no that's not a good idea or like come back with something else like that was my first dose of rejection and I was getting that as soon as early as freshman year so that was like a building block in itself but then there was also just the room so there was of course the classroom I just said but then there was like a little room that was it's now since been demolished the whole school has been rebuilt which is so interesting but at the time of me going there there was this the newspaper room as we called it but it was technically it wasn't I think it was previously an office but not like a little teacher's meeting room or something because it wasn't technically a classroom and it didn't look like one it was very like makeshift looking it had these walls that were super thin and it was chalkboard walls, but um, it was just, it was kind of run down and the desks were all mismatched and there was this big table in the center where we would honestly, it would just collect things, all sorts of things, like different cutouts from different issues and we would all sit around it and pitch our ideas and just talk and it was one of those places I spent majority of my high school career in that room there was a couch sometimes I would take a nap on the couch (laughs) like I'd get there early I, I got to school like an hour early so I could go to that room and just either work on an article I'm finishing or something or I was I was doing design and I was writing and I was photographing I was doing all sorts of things for this freaking paper that I don't even know what what it's up to these days like I have no idea who's on the newspaper now or what they're doing or even if they remember me like I I don't know probably not (laughs) but it's just crazy to think about it I'm like now unearthing this in my mind and I can't stop I need to talk more about it to someone and you guys are the one so yeah I'd be in that room in the morning first thing and it would be one of those things where I would always I'd walk in and it would be the very familiar faces of these kids that I created so much with and I'm like I think now I'm like I don't really know what any of these people are really up to like there was it was a mix of guys and girls it was a mix of grades and everyone was just had this this common goal of of having this newspaper I don't even know no one even really read it guys like it was one of those things we'd put it out I think it was a it was a monthly issue was it monthly it was monthly yeah it was monthly I don't know why I just had to think about that yeah monthly issues we got funding from the school but not that much funding so we couldn't even print some months we couldn't even print in color we had to print in black and white we'd have like the first page be color and the rest be black and white and sometimes we would get extra budget if like the year was good I don't know how what determined that I guess of course sports got like majority of the budget but sometimes we get extra budget if something got cut or something just got mixed around and we'd get to have a full color issue and it was a big deal and I wish you guys could see what this room looked like of course the picture lives in my head and I can like visualize it but it doesn't exist anymore uh, which just breaks my heart I like can't believe that they tore down that room because it was just one of those places where I feel like so many people's stories really began like so many of the kids I was describing that I worked alongside that now are doing incredible amazing things they all started there too like that was just it was kind of a mutual starting place where all of us kind of we we kind of grew up and it was very a big deal like I would even go in there I remember sometimes one of our our members of our team it was kind of like a family to be honest it was really a family would have a rough day or would have gotten there was a couple of kids that got denied from their first choice college and we would be like meet in the room like meet in it was we just called it the room like I don't know and we had a group chat and we would all just sit there and talk and just we would spend like all hours there like school would be out at like 2 15 or whatever time school got out and we would just go to the room and sit there like I remember even sitting in that room shopping for my prom dress online and like figuring out my prom look and 
oh god so crazy I just like completely suppressed this entire memory until a couple days ago like all these things I feel like I need to put it out there in podcast form just like so other people can hear it because it was such a, a formative it just really formed my life it really did it really shaped it and I didn't of course know when I was living it how it would really affect me long term I had a good feeling about it I guess and of course I thought that everything happening when it was happening to me at the time it was the most important thing ever it was like the biggest deal and I've told you guys numerous different times just on podcast on videos etc that a lot of me the heart and soul that I put into newspaper was kind of coming from a place of not really being accepted anywhere else and feeling I was getting bullied I was just completely an outcast everywhere except for when I stepped foot in that room and people listened to me and people respected my opinion people would you know, want to run something by me and and figure out what I thought of it. And I was, this is the early days of me figuring out, like I said, Photoshop and design. And I, I picked the fonts for the, the issues and that was a big deal to me. And I also, I told you guys the, the walls of this room were a chalkboard and I would write different quotes on the chalkboard every single month, like a, a monthly quote. And that was just something I would go in there after hours and write it up there before everyone saw it. And before everyone was able to get in and see it the next day. And All these little things, like these are little, little things that are just a blip on the radar of my life, but they are very, they're very small, but very big things. Sometimes the smallest things make the biggest impact and the biggest waves. And so I was just thinking about that the other day, and I kind of want to pose this question for you guys just to think, what are you suppressing? What are some things from your growing up story or even just the last few years that you thought maybe in the moment weren't extre- weren't extremely important or that you wouldn't really wouldn't really form who you are that really do and like what are these things who can you tell these things to because it's something where i feel like even the smallest of things deserve to make up a big part of your story so yeah a lot of reflecting has been done this week a lot of uncovering suppressed memories and little things but I've also done a lot of reading a friend of mine named Taryn who I've actually talked about on the podcast before she's also an avid listener of the podcast so hi Taryn she uh, posted something or actually no she texted me this is how it happened she texted me this little passage of some uh, poetry from Rumi who was a Persian poet back in 1200s so long long time ago but a lot of what he wrote really resonates with us now and I've, I've actually I've seen Rumi in so many different places throughout the last few years or just honestly probably longer than that but I've really registered his name and I'm sure you guys have heard of Rumi as well if you are any any sort of a poet or poetry fanatic you would know Rumi and so a lot of beautiful beautiful works from him and my friend actually so she texted me a little passage of one of his poems and she it was like a beautiful passage about spring like Rumi's done some really great work about spring and she was like oh like you need to read this book like it's called the essential Rumi it has a bunch of or all of I think it's probably most I don't think it's all it's like a pretty big book but just a lot of Rumi Rumi's work because he wrote for a very long long time um, and his very rich life. He lived a very incredible life. I would do a whole podcast about him if I could, or I guess I can, but my friend sent me the book in the mail, so thank you, Taryn, if you're listening. I've been completely devouring the book because, of course, I've read some of the, the various quotes from his longer passages, but it's so interesting reading his full work and thoughts, and whoever put together this book actually also 
uh, I guess, okay, Coleman Barks is his name, did a little kind of, not a translation, but almost like a kind of just explained why Rumi was writing about certain things and gave a little just paragraph in each chapter. He separated it by chapter and it's just, it's so interesting. I'm like just one of those people that geeks out on this stuff. So (laughs) I like especially love it. But yes, I've read a a lot of amazing things from Rumi this week and I wanted to share some of them and just kind of talk about them because I feel like they're so relevant right now. Like you're going to read this and think, or listen, I guess, to this and think, wow, Katie, like I'm glad that you shared this because it's just some really interesting stuff about various topics. The whole book, of course, is not about the same thing. So I want to read a few different ones. But I'm even one of those people that highlighted, I put some little pencil notes in the margin of each of these that I thought was very just relevant to my life. And there's just something about finding a quote or a passage that fully describes what you're going through. It's just, it's like someone understands you, you know? So the first one I want to read, I'm going to read in chronological. So this is on page 106 if you have the book. If you have a book handy, (laughs) Um, it says, we are the mirror as well as the face in it. We are tasting the taste this minute of eternity. We are pain and what cures pain, both. We are the sweet cold water and the jar that pours. So I got a lot from this passage, a lot of different things, but the the part that I highlighted was the first line, which says we are the mirror as well as the face in it, which is so interesting to visualize because, I mean, mirrors itself or themselves are super they're symbols. They're big symbols. A mirror is kind of symbolistic, is how you say it, (laughs) of truth. You know, mirrors carry truth. You look into a mirror to see the truth of what is going on on your face or on your body or whatever and your outfits and just numbers of things. Mirrors are kind of symbols in that way. And I think that this line kind of means that we kind of, we hold the truth as much as we also seek the truth. So we look for the truth, but the truth sometimes lies in, of course, in us, in what we see in the mirror. That is our truth. And we kind of know what's going on before we seek it, but we, we still seek it because we think it's just, it's something that we don't hold the answers to, if that makes sense. That's kind of how I interpreted this. Of course, I think this kind of goes back to like the whole school days of interpreting poetry and everyone having a different idea of what's going on. I think that's kind of the point. It's supposed to be pretty open-ended and you're supposed to make kind of your opinion on it or just your apply it to your life. And so in my life, this is super just, it's very relevant because you know, I feel like especially now where I'm kind of at a crossroads of, or I guess I'm not at the crossroads, I'm past the crossroads of knowing that I'm destined for more than what I've been accepting for a very long time. And I've been kind of in the recent months been really running towards something that I don't really, really even know what it is, to be honest, like the shape hasn't really formed yet, but it's something that just, it feels more like something that's kind of unwritten and hasn't really been I don't know. It's even hard to explain, guys. I'm like trying to put it into words right now, but I really I really identify with this because I think that I have I've been doing a lot of running. I've been doing a lot, well, not a lot of physical running, but a lot of running towards the truth and something that I need to find about myself and all along I've held the truth. I hold it in my hands. I hold the mirror and I also look in the mirror. So that was super interesting to me, just reading that and thinking, wow, like even in the 1200s, Rumi got it. He knows we are pain and what cures pain both. So interesting too. You know, we, we inflict a lot of pain upon ourselves, upon others, but we also cure pain. 
we also it's just we can it's so interesting how multifaceted human beings are and how we can really encompass so many things the good and the bad in one like a bad person can also have good intentions it's so interesting right like it's just we're very contradictory so that one is incredible so now on page 109 if you guys have the book um, i'm reading the guest house so here it goes this being human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond." And this one really got me because I feel like especially now with everything going on, a lot of these uninvited house guests have been arriving at our doorstep. These kind of these sensations a lot of us haven't felt in a long time because truthfully, we haven't spent this much time with ourselves in a long time. So we haven't really had to confront these kind of these old things that upset us that we've since forgotten about. And like I was saying before, like the details that we've remembered that we really we'd suppressed and that we really just wasn't a part of us anymore is now right back at our doorstep and we're being forced to kind of confront to actually to very much confront these things and to make these things fit into our lives even though we don't want to because we kind of have no choice right now than to invite them in and kind of work on them and you know like he says a joy it could be good things it could be depression it could be meanness it could be just a momentary awareness something that you like i said suppressed is an unexpected visitor that just comes right knocking on our doorstep and so many things that you know there's so much that's happened in the past month that we could never have seen coming months ago and so this also kind of reminded me of that quote that i've seen floating around pinterest and elsewhere saying not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear your path, which I think is so relevant. I've actually, I think, discussed that in a past episode, but it's true. You know, even when I, I highlighted the section that Rumi said, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight and be grateful for whoever comes. Invite them all in. I like this mentality because we, we can kind of gravitate towards the mentality that these uninvited house guests should be kind of pushed out the door and we should not confront them we should not accept them we should ask why and not be grateful because it's really hard to be grateful for something that's just unpleasant you know like why would I if I'm sad all of a sudden and I haven't been in months why would I consider that a good thing why would I be thankful that I am like this and it's because you know these are things that that are bubbling over now because they've been in us for a long time it's one of those things where the truth does lie inside of us and we need to uncover it because if we don't, it's going to keep presenting itself. You know, I've said it before, the lesson will keep presenting itself or repositioning, representing itself until we learn it. And it's so true. And this kind of even goes into the next passage I wanted to read, which, so the author of this book that kind of put together all the poems of Rumi, like I said, he made chapters and this chapter is called The Pickaxe. Uh, getting to the treasure beneath the foundation. And before I read Rumi's poems, I want to read uh, the author's kind of little synopsis that is so interesting. So he said that um, Rumi says that identity must be torn down, 
completely demolished alongside with its little tailoring shop, the patch sewing, eating and drinking consolations. I don't really know what that means, but the, the part of that that makes sense to me is identity must be torn down. So take that with you. Then he says, inner work is not all ecstatic surrender, which is true. Don't listen too often, Rumi advises, to the comforting part of the self that gives you what you want. Pray instead for a tough instructor, which like I said, kind of goes back to why would we want a tough instructor? Why would we want someone that's hard on us? Or why would we want to confront these bad things? It's because inner work is not all ecstatic surrender. It's not something that you're happy about. It's not something that you go into, you fly through and it's easy sailing, easy breezy. And we we can't listen too often to that comforting part of us that says, it's okay, like it's fine, we don't have to, you know what I mean? We have to be hard on ourselves, or not hard on ourselves, but let these hard teachers enter, I guess, is the better way to put it. So now Rumi says, who makes these changes? I shoot an arrow right, it lands left. I ride after a deer and find myself chased by a hog. I plot to get what I want and end up in a prison. I dig pits to trap others, and I fall in. I should be suspicious of what I want. And that was really interesting because I feel like so many of us are just trying our best out here, okay? Trying our best to do our best and to... We all kind of have a common goal of wanting to be happy, of course. We want to be... We want to go to bed at night and think, wow, I'm happy with my life or I'm satisfied. I think satisfaction is a big word as well. We want to feel like we... We're not, we're working hard, but not too hard. We're loved, but not, you know, it's just, it's kind of a weird, happy medium that we're all seeking. And it's something we, we are all seeking very, almost exactly to the, the T, the same, but we go about it different ways, of course. And it's interesting because as we're kind of going on that path, just doing all the things we think we're supposed to do and the things that will ultimately get us these things that we so want, we strike out and like all these little examples he gave it's like you do you plot you plan you make these moves you go right and your arrow lands left somewhere you're not expecting somewhere that isn't so pleasant and yeah I like I think the interesting part is the last line which is I should be suspicious of what I want I'm still trying to figure out what that means if you guys have an idea of what you think it means dm me I'm still kind of trying to unpack how that makes sense with the rest of it because I guess you should be suspicious of what you want and just kind of look into why you want the things you want. But I'm not sure. Suspicious is a weird word there. And it honestly reminds me of that TikTok song. Don't be suspicious. Don't be... You know what I'm talking about? Okay. (laughs) So that was an interesting one as well. But I really love the idea of, you know, the the symbol of the pickaxe, which... I said in the beginning, that's what the the uh, passage or the the chapter is called, and the the pickaxe for Rumi actually represents the thing that kind of that does the work to get you down to your your foundation or beneath the foundation, which is where the treasure lies. Essentially, tapping into yourself and getting past all the hard stuff and getting to the goods, which is what you truly are and what you truly want and believe in, and all those things. So. Those were some little passages I wanted to read from Rumi. One more that's kind of not related to this at all that I wanted to read that I think is just beautiful. And I always think, you know, when I find the one that I ultimately do love, 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 love a million times over and I'm meant to be with, I want them to read this. So it says, the minute I heard my first love story, I started looking for you. 
not knowing how blind that was. Lovers don't finally meet somewhere. They're in each other all along. I like want to incorporate that into my vows someday or something like or just a love letter I don't know. I just think it's so beautiful. So yeah, that was a little read of some roomy passages I'm only about halfway or not even I'm like One third of the way through the book. So I'll probably have more I'll revisit this in an, another episode or on instagram or something Um, but I have a few things I want to read before we go Just some other little things i've picked up this week that I thought would be really helpful to you guys to hear and I think as we're going through this really uncertain time where things are just kind of falling apart some days and some days we're okay and it's just like a very strange thing that we're constantly in limbo with it there's certain little things i think we have to cling to just to remind us or to kind of comfort us in knowing that we are doing the best we can and one that i wanted to read that i read and i was actually very confused about when i first read it and then i was like wait that makes sense has to do with so if you're a creative person or even a person that just is really hard on yourself with just how much you know and you're kind of feeling like you're an imposter half the time or thinking that you are not capable or that you are putting on a show of knowing more than you do I think you need to read this or hear this I guess I'll read it to you so it says a cup is only useful when it's empty a mind that is filled with principles beliefs and quotations is really an uncreative mind when I first read it, I was like, wait, a cup is useful when it's empty? Like, no, I like a cup full with something. Like, I like some, I don't know, some orange juice in there, some wine in there. Like, I need something in my cup. And then I realized what it means by saying that. It's like, you know, when you go to the cupboard to get a cup for a glass of water, having a cup full of something, like I pictured full of something like gross or already filled with water or something, like you don't want to use that cup to fill or to work on making what you want you know it's like you need an empty cup you need some space in there to add and I thought this was so interesting because right now especially as a creative and just living in this world where there's so many freaking people doing exactly what I'm doing and I feel like it's just it's claustrophobic sometimes because I feel like everyone's growing and I'm staying the same and it's like I, I feel this pressure to be growing constantly and to be more evolved than I am at 24 like I feel like I should be experienced enough as the 34 year olds and then I are as experienced as the 34 year olds and then I realize that they're 10 years older than me and like I shouldn't rush my process and all that and then I, I read this quote and I was like well that's so true because right now it's like I don't need to have a full cup right now I need to have an empty cup where I can add or maybe not empty but kind of you know just so very little full that I have a lot of room to grow and add and I have room to fill that cup and I'm not already completely self-assured and know exactly what I feel and believe because it gives me room to form those beliefs that are just something that really represents me and I'm not just rushing to something because I need to do it and I need to have it done you know so I think this is so interesting and I was just randomly thinking about it today how like I can't wait to see what I'm like when I'm in my 30s, you know, when I have six more years, seven more years, eight more years of this under my belt of just knowing things, like just learning more ways to fail and not repeating those things. And just, just, I can't wait to see that version of myself. And so I'm not going to rush into being her right now because she has her time. It's later and I'm okay with that. So that was a really interesting quote that I read. And then I also saw this little Instagram caption that I wanted to read um, that my friend Melissa reposted but the words are from Trina Harmon and these have to do with how people have really changed because of 
COVID and everything going on and just how we've had to kind of alter the ways that we react to things or just the ways that we are. And so it's it's kind of going through each type of person and how they've had to kind of pivot. And so I thought it was su- super interesting. So um, I'm going to read a passage of it. The perfectionists are being pushed to go forward without certainty. That's me. The overachievers are being forced to rest in order to heal and be more instead of doing more. The empaths and the healers are bursting out from behind the curtain of insecurity, choosing to help more rather than to hold more. The artists and creatives are expanding to care more about the ones they can serve rather than getting everyone to care more about them. This one also hit hard because as an influencer slash creative and seeing other influencers slash creatives, this is so true. It's like a lot of us have been less about, you know, me, 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 and more about how can I help? It's just so interesting. Okay. The logical and realists are having to value their intuition and their own opinions. Those who cling to suffering or spiritual depression are becoming aware of their own authentic significance in the world. Going back to the logical and the realists, so true because there's a lot, there's honestly a lot or not a lot. There's not a lot at all. Not a lot of answers out there. And we're being kind of forced to make our own opinions about how this is going to pan out. And even the smartest of smarts of people don't have many answers right now and don't have many logical. There's not a lot of logic going on. It's like this, this COVID is attacking everyone, not just certain groups, maybe certain groups more often, but it's something that we, it's very hard to pinpoint and explain. So, okay, continuing. Those who work for a paycheck are being expanded to consider their passion over survival. Those who avoid challenging work are having to break through walls of fear and resentment they didn't even know were there. And the ones who seem to never change aren't supposed to, for they are awakeners, disrupting your world just enough for you to have to choose your own transformation. If you observe deeply enough, you may see where your own self-survival was only confining you to a smaller container, losing a little more air to breathe and potential to see clearly every day. And so I think she's kind of viewing it as not a positive per se, but as something where a lot of our just the the treasure beneath our foundation, as Rumi puts it, sometimes unflattering, sometimes just very bright light is being shown on those things right now. We're being forced to change. We're being forced to pivot and change directions and just present ourselves differently. I think it's sad the way that we've gotten to this point and how we've gotten here, but I think it's also an opportunity for growth and it is kind of something that can be beautiful. So I just wanted to share that as our closing remark and thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you all enjoyed and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.